There are trademarks of churches on track. This is Pastor Mike Kramer of New Life Church, your home of positive faith, bringing you power for living. Come to the cross and find forgiveness. Get into His Word and you'll find strength for your soul. Tap into the love. That God has given, and you'll find power for living. Power for Living is a positive faith ministry. We believe that a positive attitude in life is an expression of the positive faith which embraces a powerful truth that with God all things are possible. Pastor Mike Kramer is a founder of Power for Living, senior pastor at New Life Church, and the author of the inspirational book Power Moments. Tap into the love. That God has given, and you find power for When a movement loses its mission, it becomes a monument and eventually a mausoleum. Let me say that again. When a movement loses its mission, it becomes a monument and eventually a mausoleum. My friend, I believe there are trademarks of a church on track. And let me just say right up front, every community has many, many wonderful churches, tremendous pastors and priests that are out there serving the Lord and helping the community. So I do not want to come across at all like we think that New Life has a corner on the market. Now, we certainly like New Life. We hope you like New Life if you swing by. But uh, the scriptures do kind of give some indication of some trademarks of a church on track. And so let's just think about what it means to be on track for the Lord. You know, first of all, the the church is the Lord's. My friend, I tell people all the time here at New Life, New Life is not my church. It's not their church. It's the Lord's church. And that's true of every church. And I, I think everyone understands that. You know, the church is the Lord's by construction. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, that he would build his church and the gates of hell will not stop him. You know, it's kind of interesting. Recently, I served on a panel and it had a wide variety of religious perspectives and I don't want to get into it, but I'll just say it was an interesting time. And one of the questions that was given was, do we think that the church is worth saving? And I listened to some of the uh, input of the panel. And again, there was a broad spectrum uh, on that panel. Panel, And eventually someone said, well, Mike, what do you think? And I said, well, for me personally, that's an easy answer. Jesus said he will build his church and hell won't stop him. My friend, it's not about what the Lord will or will not do. It's about who the Lord's going to use. And we have the privilege of serving with the Lord. So the church is the Lord's by construction. He builds it. Now he uses his people to accomplish his purpose. It's his by possession. In Acts 20, 28, the scripture says that the Lord purchased the church with his own blood. Oh, my friend, never forget. We are blood-bought children of the king. You know, we don't go to heaven because of what we've done for Christ We go to heaven because we receive what Christ has done for us. And 2,000 years ago, God stepped out of heaven 
in the person of Jesus Christ, born of the virgin. He lived a sinless life, died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, bodily ascended or resurrected from the dead, and then he ascended eventually to the Father. And my friend, one day that same Lord Jesus Christ will return. I believe that with all of my heart. He will return in all of his power and all of his glory. But he purchased the church when he died and rose again for our sins. And then anybody can be a part of it when we come to Christ in faith believing. The church is not only the Lord's by construction. Again, he said he will build his church and hell won't stop him. The church is his by possession. He purchased us with his own blood on the cross and Proof that what he did on the cross satisfied the fathers when he bodily resurrected from the dead. And it's his by preservation. You know, the scripture says in Ephesians 5, 26 and 27, that the Lord will present the church as a glorious body. So he is in charge of the church. He is Lord of the church. Now, in the New Testament, the word church refers to both the universal church, all saved people everywhere, and then local bodies of believers. Uh, the word church, ecclesia, means called out ones. 115 times in the New Testament, the Greek word ecclesia is used for the church. 23 times it refers to all believers all across the board, the universal body of believers. 92 times it refers to local churches that gather together with pastors and congregations and they they listen to the word preach they serve the community they reach people for christ they build up the believer and so forth and try to do good humanitarian causes whether it's you know feeding the hungry clothing the poor uh, the list goes on and on and on but so there is that universal body of believers we call the church and that is all denominations I, I call them flavors of faith. You know, how we got where we are today, I'll never know, quite frankly. You know, I believe it's in Acts 11, uh, 26. It says the believers were first called Christians. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. I got to tell you, sometimes people say, Mike, are you a Baptist? Are you a Methodist? Are you a Presbyterian? Are you a Catholic? Are you a Lutheran? And and God uses all kinds of of. of Flavors of faith, denominations. Uh, are you Pentecostal, charismatic? What are you, Mike? And I just like to say, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. All of those other labels, that's exactly what they are. They're labels. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and my Savior. My friend, when I was 18 years old, I came to the reality that I needed Christ as my Lord and Savior. I grew up in a Christian home, learned many things about the Lord, had wonderful Christian parents. Uh, you know, they took us to church each and every Sunday. Those were the days of Sunday morning and Sunday night. And I'll tell you, that little country church that I grew up in, we went Sunday morning and Sunday night, if I could use the term, religiously. And uh, I can still see the pew that we sat on, sort of the family pew. And so we went to church uh, Sunday uh, was considered the Lord's Day. I mean, I can still uh, hear my father uh, giving the prayer at the, the noon meal on Sunday when he would thank the Lord. He always included this phrase, this another Sabbath day. You know, to, to those folks at that time, Sunday was like the Christian Sabbath. Uh, Dad and Mom never 
did any secular work or anything like that on Sundays. That was the day of rest and worship. And uh, we don't criticize others who see things differently. I'm just telling you the way I was raised. And uh, so I grew up going to church, and those were the days of the spring and fall revivals. They'd bring in these guests, uh, evangelists. I got to tell you, they'd scare you to death. And uh, quite frankly, I made a profession of faith when I was a child, probably I think I was about six or seven years old. But as a teenager, I began to wonder, you know, have I really trusted Christ? And to make a long story short, uh, started dating uh, my wife, Cindy. We've been married <laughs> for almost 44 years. We started dating when we were just teenagers. And in those days, we'd go to St. Bavo's uh, on Saturday evening. And then we would go to, we started attending a non-denominational church at that time called Community Gospel. We'd go there on Sunday mornings and, and just uh, went to both churches, respectful both places. Now, as the old saying goes, confession is good for the soul. There's only one reason why I wanted to go to uh, Community Gospel, and it's a great church, so don't get me wrong. But the only reason I wanted to go at that time was because I wanted to play on their softball team. And to play on the softball team, you had to go to church. So uh, I guess I had uh, ulterior motives for both places. The only reason I went to St. Babel's is I wanted to date Cindy. And she was a Catholic girl, and they went to church at St. Babel's. So we went on Saturday nights to St. Babel's, and we went on Sunday mornings uh, to Community Gospel. And, and both are wonderful places of worship, and, and God uses both places. But to make a long story short, we both began to realize as we started reading the New Testament that we knew a lot of things about the Lord, but we weren't sure that we had really trusted Christ personally. And God brought me to the place where I knew I needed to place my faith in Christ and Christ alone. I did that. I made that decision for Christ, invited the Lord into my life, and Cindy did the same. And then we sort of just uh, started attending a non-denominational church, and eventually God called me into the ministry. And, and again, I would just say this. God uses all kinds of churches, all kinds of places of worship, and we respect them all. But for, for us, denominational labels sort of don't carry a lot of clout. You know, to me, it's about following Jesus Christ, and all other uh, things can kind of fall in place if you look at it that way. And I've met many, many wonderful believers from all walks of life and all kinds of denominations. But, so some trademarks of the church on track. You know, the scripture says in Acts 2.41, those who gladly received his word were baptized that day. About 3,000 souls were added to them. And so here Peter has preached a tremendous uh, message. So I would say the message is a trademark of a church on track. And in the New Testament, the message was about Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection for our sins. It was a biblical message. Peter actually used a, a verse out of Psalms and then related it to the resurrection of Christ. So it was Christ-centered. It was Bible-based. And people came to know the Lord. It was victorious and transforming. You know, 3,000 souls were added to them. So the message is a trademark. I believe the ministry is a trademark of his church on track. This was an inspirational fellowship. The Bible says they continued steadfastly, the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers, Acts 2.42. You know, it was an inspirational fellowship. You know, the apostles' doctrine, that's just the idea of the word of God. Notice it says they gladly received his word. You know, there's joy when you're living for Christ. And that doesn't mean everything's gonna be a big bowl of cherries, but it does mean that you have the Holy Spirit in you and the joy of the Lord. 
as Nehemiah said, becomes your strength. And so they gladly received his word. They're learning. They're growing, you know, and they had a, a loving fellowship. And I would say this, as a church grows, everybody can't know everybody, but everybody needs to know somebody that you can go to church and encourage and, and pat them on the back and, and cheer them on, so to speak. It was influential. They started reaching people. The scripture says uh, they were praising God, Acts 2.47, and having favor with all people and having favor with the Lord and all people. And the Lord added to church daily those who were being saved. You know, they, they reached people for Christ. They loved one another. So the message is a trademark. It should be Christ-centered and focused on the Lord. And I would just say, cheer on your pastor, cheer on your priest, and just keep encouraging them for those messages on the love of Christ. They're rooted in the word of God. You know, the ministry was a trademark. It was inspirational and influential. They were reaching people. And then the mission is a trademark of a church on track. You know, the Bible says that 3,000 came to know the Lord. Later, it says they were daily being saved. Acts 4, 4, 5,000 came to know the Lord. Acts 5, 14, multitudes trusted Christ. Acts 5, 28, the, all of Jerusalem was filled with the doctrine of Christ. You know, in Acts 6, 7, religious leaders were coming to know the Lord. And, and then in Acts 17, 16, it says they had turned the world upside down. So here's a church. Think about this. A group of people here in the book of Acts. No modern technology, no Facebook, no internet, no Twitter, no TV, no radio, nothing. And yet they turned the world upside down. Why? Well, they had the trademark of a message on track. It was Christ-centered, Bible-based. They had the trademark of a uh, ministry on track. It was inspirational and influential. And then they had the trademark of a mission on track. And I like to say they kept the main thing, the main thing. You know, the mission is timeless. But sometimes methods need to adjust with the times. So, you know, if your pastor makes a few changes or your priest makes a few changes, don't get too bent out of shape. Things adjust with the times. But, you know, the biblical functions take precedence over traditional format. As long as Christ is being preached and the Word is being taught and Christians are living for the Lord, loving one another, and reaching out with a smile on their face, joy in their heart, proclaiming the good news of the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can rest assured that's the trademark of a church on track. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace in your heart and power for living. Amen.